The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Today. We just came off of a very cool weekend. Yeah, we did. And it was, it was kind of, of surprising. I mean, it was one of those things where we kept adding a little thing to the weekend. And then I, I feel like when we got done, I went, I need a weekend to recover. Yeah, true. It's, it's the kind of day where things just keep getting better and better. And mm-hmm. you realize all the things you had planned are just turning out awesome. Yeah, and they kept stacking up. We, kept, yeah. well, we, could, we could try to do that too. Yeah. Yeah, well, you probably saw on Instagram. We posted a drive that we did on Saturday morning. We just went for a drive with some friends well, but a that deserted was, road. But that was after yes. we gathered with those friends. This is, a, this is a coffee club you and I are involved in. Yeah. And so yeah. we just invited a bunch of those guys. Because, of course, we, we sit at this coffee club, and, and some of them don't even, have never even watched the show, which is kind of ironic. You know, right, not right. What the sh- they, that's not what the coffee club's about. You know? Right. Exactly. So it, it was funny to invite them and just be like, here's our show. And so we all, we all sat together, and we watched the Alpha M3 piece, yeah, yeah. which was very fun. And then, of course, it gets everybody, especially Paul and I, all, all ramped up to want to go drive. So we went drove rather rapidly on a back road that was the start of the day it was great yeah it was pretty fun and uh coming back grabbed lunch we had alec from the ride channel he is uh the programs manager for the tony hawk foundation and he came up to park city and hung out with us we took him to lunch well rather he took us to lunch thanks again alec and just hung out and we talked about cars he joined us on the drive Mm -hmm. he was here for all of it well and he was in town with uh, he was in town to actually be a judge at the Nitro World Games, yeah, which is the kind of thing you and I would have never known about or gone to. Let's be honest, yeah. we would have been out thinking about cars or the show or something, right, right. But he said, "Hey guys, do you want to come?" Got us killer tickets. We took my seven-year-old son, and I actually think he left brain matter on the back of his seat. He was completely <laughs> stunned by everything he saw, which was great. Yeah. It was one of those those cool parenting moments where you just realize you've just. I don't think we can get his eyes back in his head. He was so thrilled, and that was super fun to do. So thanks, Alec, for doing that for us, too. Absolutely. I was and noticing. That, and that was just Saturday. That was Saturday only. You're right. <laughs> I, yeah, and then we went to dinner after that. It was great. I just I was watching all the uh, the age range of people at the Nitro World Games, which you told me is based in Salt Lake, as a matter of fact. Is it not? Nitro Circus is the a Nitro Salt Lake-based That's right. thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not so sure interesting. where all ta- Travis Pastrana uh, goes and lives. But the, the the Nitro Circus thing is a Salt Lake-based reality, yeah. Well, so Travis was there, and as we're sitting in the bleachers there, I looked around, and it's all ages. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, this is so cool. I want to go do this when I'm 90 and just come to the games, hang out. It was so much fun watching this. I, I am I am terrible. I'm terrible at spectator sports. I don't like them. <laughs> I go to live sporting events, and I don't like them. The difference here was... There was such gravity-defying stuff going on that I knew I would break myself in half. So I just sat there, kind of in wonderment. It, it was, it was, the circus in the title was appropriate. Oh yeah, yeah because yeah. you just have you're watching stuff where it's just like I can't even begin to understand how you get to this place. I mean, look, I can't play any professional sports. I, I, I used to play basketball years ago. Was borderline okay in high school, uh, but you know, football, <laughs> baseball. I at least understand the physical mechanics of what these guys are doing. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. When you double flip a motocross bike, I, my head, my head's with my son. I have no idea what's going on. A I'm couple of confused. guys did this yeah, too. Yeah, 
It was phenomenal. And one guy did crash. It does happen. Oh, yeah. It was yeah, yeah. not pretty, but he fortunately got up, walked away. Yeah. Everything was all right. Yeah. He, you know, he's going to feel that in the morning, but he was okay. Yeah, without question. Not- yeah. Well, what was weird is he crashed on one of the least hardcore looking stunts. Yeah, that was and the so hit, strange. The hit was so hard on something that compared to everything else everybody was doing. It, it looked like, well, yeah, you should just get up, no big deal. He hit so hard on something simple. It was really a, like a wake-up call to what if you crashed on the big boy stuff? Right, right. Wow. I mean, if Ragdoll were a competition, he would have won, but yeah. at least he's okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly so. right. Plus, a lot of these guys were half our size, too. I kept yeah, going, true. huh, okay, yeah, I just saw you stand <laughs> up, but I realized I apparently am a tree. So that happened, too. Before we go on, I want to talk about Auto Tempest. They're our new sponsor on the show yeah. because they provide that service you and I do. We're right. always looking up cars online. You can go to autotempest.com, and you can type in your search term once, and it searches all the big names and some of the little ones. So you go there, Auto Tempest, that is T-E-M-P-E-S-T, like a storm, autotempest.com. And if you aren't looking for a car right now, you can do it for fun, or you can do it and then give them feedback on how the website works. They want that as well, which is really cool. Great stuff on the podcast, guys. Thanks for writing in so many questions, and we thought we'd dive right into the debates. Mm -hmm. Not to rush to get them out of the way, because there's so many good questions, but these are a couple of good ones, as a matter of fact. We've got Too Tall. He doesn't tell us his name. He is an IT manager up in Northern California. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, he's relocating from Southern California up to Northern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll tell you his story there. Got a long list of cars that he's owned. Mm -hmm. And we've also got Adam S., He doesn't tell us where he lives here, but uh, he unfortunately wrecked a really nice BMW that he had. Yeah, yeah, that he really liked. And is looking for something else. It's been totaled out by Geico, so he's he's shopping. He he doesn't want to, but he's shopping for sure. That's definitely happening. You didn't even touch on Sunday, though. We just covered Saturday. Oh, that's right. Sunday, we ended up shooting more stuff for season two. Oh, that's I'm right. not gonna. I'm not gonna feed too much of what that was. Okay. But it's a very cool piece that we're we're putting two classic cars together that we were very curious about putting side by side. We drove them individually, so we're putting them together. So that's as far as my tease is going for now. <laughs> I was I wasn't thinking about talking about the cars. So you're right, but yeah. there was more cars and driving yeah. and shooting and and driving fast on fun. amazing roads. Yeah. Uh, it was a spectacular day again, and we're shooting already for season two. And we are ramping up shooting for YouTube for the summer. I mean, there's shooting going on. Oh, and thank you, guys. Thank you. Mm, yes. 200,000 subscribers on YouTube was just passed this weekend. It's just cool to see a big milestone like that tick by. That's just fun. So thank yeah. you, guys. Yeah, we're really thrilled by that. And we've got new logo coming at you very, very soon. That's yeah. about to drop yeah, yeah. very soon. And this week, new announcements. Uh, one, of our, uh, one of our premiere episodes, one of the two episodes that premiered on Velocity as brand new stuff that nobody's ever seen, the first of those two is dropping on YouTube this week. So nothing is going on right now in everyday driver land. <laughs> All right, diving right in here to Too Tall, the IT manager, as I mentioned, moving up to Northern California. He has found a great house on the coast, apparently. And has a 50-mile-per-day commute, so probably about 25 miles each, and half of it is spent on Pacific Coast Highway. Highway Which is a nice problem to have, yeah. Unbelievable. And and we're assuming you're nowhere near the new portion of the coastline brought to you via a landslide. If (laughs) you haven't seen these photos, what you really need to do about the landslide that happened on on, on Pacific Coast, look, almost every year they have some sort of area they're trying to reinforce. or I mean, because that Highway 1 is awesome, but let's be honest, it's carved out of a precarious side of the ocean part of a mountain. Okay, so it's just it, it something's bound to go wrong, and they're always reinforcing it and putting in a new tunnel. But 
this is the coastline's been reformed. Like, like get the map guys out because we have to redo this section. Oh, yeah. It's California's huge, been reshaped. It's a huge amount of earth that has – so it's not just like, oh, we'll cut the new road. It's like, uh-oh, we got to remap the coastline. Then we got to figure it out. Wow. <laughs> so hopefully you're north of that. But you get to drive on Highway 1. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So his commute does not end at the landslide because, of course, there's no more road. <laughs> It ends at the giant stadium or nearby where he'll be able to park in safety there. Wow. Current garage here. He's got a track car. He's got a Fox body Mustang, 1989 mm-hmm. Mustang LX notchback. Yeah. For the past 10 years that he had been slowly building up. And now it's got a it's five a project liter. car. It sounds oh a lot gosh. like Matt Ferris car. Actually. Yeah, it does. I, I thought of that. It's got about 500 horsepower, manual transmission, 13 inch disc brakes all around, coilovers, 275 tires all around. Square stance there. I mean, on and on and on, all this stuff. So, yes, not great for commuting, not great for street driving, <laughs> but definitely made for the track. But cool, yeah. All right, what else? Uh, an O2 Ford F-150 Harley-Davidson crew cab. Yeah, yeah. So he's got that, bolt-ons. Holy moly, 400 wheel horsepower? Yeah. Okay, so nothing like a um, forced induction roots blower will do for you. Well, and 520 rear-wheel torque. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is all just, I'll just, oh, hey, honey, you want that stump moved? I'll just pull that right out of the drive. That's fine. It will be okay. And then lastly here, he's got a 2013 Forester, Super Forester 2.5 liter, naturally aspirated leather, which is his daily driver. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and that's is... the problem, child. Yeah. That's the one that needs to go because it's just, he's realizing he has kind of a fun drive. The, obviously, the project track car is staying. The big pickup is staying. This Forester is the uninteresting car of the of the equation and the one he's in the most. So that we're trying to solve that, get something more fun. Right. His wife actually has a, a Forester XT, a newer Forester Dual with Forester a turbo. Action. Yeah, exactly. That's the other reason the, the, the older Forester has to go, <laughs> right, by the right. way, too tall. But um, but he his wife has this newer Forester with the turbo, and he realizes that's actually a halfway decent car to drive. Mm-hmm. But his older Forester, it's going. He thinks thinks he can probably get 10 to 12 out of it. He's able to spend with that 10 to 12 maybe as much as 20. So we're dealing in less than 20 grand to get him something, hopefully, that at 6 foot 5, this is where the too tall comes in. At 6 yes. foot 5, he can fit. It needs to be uh, manual. He'd be perfectly happy and like to have all-wheel drive for possible ski trips and road trips in all weather, but that's not a requirement, whereas the manual, he really wants that manual. Yeah, just manual transmissions are getting harder and harder the to source. Oh, yes, and the dog. Right. Now, you haven't told us which dog. At one point in here, you declared that maybe you would consider a Corvette and the dog could go in the hatch. Now, we've talked before about how hatches on these Corvettes are bigger than you think. True. But clearly, you don't have one of these great Danes that we've struggled with in past podcasts. With because Bernice Mountain Dogs. They're not that big. Something like that. This is not like a huge dog back thing. But okay, but you have a dog that you sometimes take to work, which is kind of cool. So the dog's an equation as well. There's a lot of stuff going on here. In spite of that... I think I have a sniper shot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm not there. I've got a bunch of choices. Okay. Before we dive in, super quick, cars that he has owned include, let's see, one, two, three, four, five Mustangs, two Foresters, uh, multiple Blazers, multiple Fords, and a BMW. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. And he's also considered a 996 Turbo, first-gen CTS-V. Yeah. He's considered multiple Corvettes. GTOs, Pontiac G8s, some more BMWs, and again, some more Mustangs here that he's considering, 2011 plus, 2011 and newer. But he does mention that he is scared of the reliability of that Mm -hmm. manual transmission in these. 
And yeah. uh, just so you know, if you weren't aware, that MT-82 transmission built by Ford, but it was a joint supplier, a joint venture with Getrag in Nanchang, China. Mm-hmm. Now, I just want everybody to know that just because something is built in China does not mean low quality. Okay, fair. So let's fair. Let's benchmark that. That is not, you know, built in China is not a measure of poor quality by any means. There's many things that are extremely expensive and very nice, beautiful made. And, uh, well, it and means there's there's a, there's a range there like everything else. Correct. I mean, you can certainly buy something made in China and, oh, my gosh, look out. But that doesn't mean everything from there. Same thing is with U.S. or Europe. It, oh, sure. Yeah, you yeah. know, you can get shoddy and also really high-end, well-built kinds of things. Okay, so this has been plaguing that transmission. I believe it was 2011 to 2014. Correct me if I'm wrong, but somewhere in that range for this MT-82. And the new one, as of 2015, is the same architecture, but many improvements there. Interesting. Okay, good. There's a lot of fixes out there for everybody who's concerned. Go to themustangsource.com if you want to read more about it. And there's a lot of people who have recommended great fixes Hmm. uh, for for, um, the clutch disengagement, the, the notchy shifting, the difficult to shift. All that kind of stuff. So that is the overall problem that he is referring to here in terms of, should I get the Mustang somewhere in there or should I avoid that altogether? But now, let's dive in. Where are you at? Do you want me to go through my list or do you want to just... Kill well, it here. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it because okay. I, I did I did make a list of three or four, but then I but then I realized you know what only one of the ones on my list I feel like checks every box that I can possibly check in one car. Okay, so that made me just go I'm just gonna call it a sniper shot and be done. There are again there's four other cars on my on my rough list, but I just went here's here's what's happening. I looked at the variables here, six five, so it's got to have some room. Dog in the back, okay, so it's got to have a little more room. All wheel right. drive if you can. Manual for sure. Needs to be fun. Needs to be reliable. And he likes his wife's Forester. True. He does mention that. WRX. Get yourself a used current-gen WRX. You've got twenty grand to spend. Go find one of those. I mean, new. Let's be honest. They're running 25 to 30. So that means you find a couple-year-old one. We know a guy here that bought a brand-new one and a year later sold it for like 22 yeah, right. So right. so go find a current-gen WRX that will be very fun. It'll be much more fun than your wife's Forester, worlds more fun than the NA Forester you're coming out of. It's chuckable. It's all-wheel drive. You could take it in the snow, throw your dog in the back. You will fit at 6.5. To me, it's I had other options, but it checks every single box save one. You said you'd love to have 87 octane. It won't do that. But right, it even right. can get over 25 miles to the gallon depending upon how you drive it. Now, I've never seen that in that car, but that has everything to do with <laughs> well, driver it's you usage. driving. Exactly. Hello. But you said you'd love it if on the highway it could break 25. That car will. So the more I looked at all the variables, I thought the only one I can hit here is the 87 Octane. Use WRX. Then there's – I'm seen. I'm done. Okay. All right. I like it. I had that on my list, but I used it as a jumping off point. I thought, all sure. right. I see that. I see that. WRX. I mean, that's, uh, again, a usual suspect there. I uh, I don't know that any of the rest of the choices can meet the requirements quite so nicely, but they do have their benefits. Sure. Okay. They do speak to some of this equation here. Keep in mind, highway mileage, commute, fun, possibly all-wheel drive, definitely manual transmission, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then the gasoline price thing. So I moved on to the Focus ST. Thought, yeah. Okay. And certainly that was fold the seats down. Too, for sure. For sure. Either way. The say generation six gti or golf r yeah somewhere you in could there. do that the mark six sure 
And then from here, things start to get a little bit nuts. Okay, good. All right. How about a Honda CRZ? Hmm. Commuter car. Yeah. Somewhat fun. Yeah. Certainly eco-friendly. The hatchback, you could fit a dog. And again, yeah. I don't think we're talking about something We're clearly not here. talking about a huge dog. And and that car had back seats overseas. And here it has like the back parcel shelf, which is actually kind of a dog-friendly arrangement if you think about it. Yeah. And then again, keeping in mind, did we mention the price range here? Did we mention his budget already? 20. 20, 20. on the high end, yeah. Right, right. He was starting at 12 and then probably added eight grand to that, realizing he was writing to me. Well, but he's thinking he can sell that Forester, that NA Forester, for 10 to 12. So that's yeah. where that comes okay. from. But All he's right. thinking, I'll add some. And yeah, he's giving you a little bit of room I mean, to run and go grand. to 20. Yeah, for sure. What if I did that to everybody? You write me with a price in mind and I can automatically add eight grand to that? <laughs> Done. <laughs> that kind of already happens, though, doesn't well, it? Well, I guess so. All right, moving on here. Getting nutty. Okay. How about a Mitsubishi Evo 8 or 9? Going back you, if on If you ya. could find them. Yeah. If you can find them for that price you can find them clean range. for that budget. Kind of hair on fire. Very. Kind of different. Very. And then I ended up at a 300ZX, your car, from 1990 sure, to say 93. Sure, yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. As I recall, that hatchback had loads of space like the Corvette does. Good amount of space, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Manual transmission, fun to drive. Definitely, definitely. Doesn't check the gas mileage box. Not really, quite no. Quite so much. But what do you think? An older 300Z. Interesting. The, the thing is, I almost feel like, I, I like that, because of course I like that car. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I feel like, hmm, I, I wonder, because those are obviously old cars now. They're 20 years old I know, for sure. I know. So but it's I just going to be commuting it. Yeah. And I, just, this doesn't have to do the track car thing. Totally. Or, oh, totally. You know. It, it's, the situation we're talking about, it could certainly survive it. It's one of those things where I feel like the twin turbo is the one to have for sure, but yet for his equation, I almost want him in the 2 plus 2, which didn't come turbo and okay, isn't as nice right. dynamically. So it's a right. weird, I kind of yeah. want a car that didn't exist here, yeah. but I see how you got there, and that would be just fun to drive. There's no question. And yeah, with twenty grand, you can go buy a gorgeous 300ZX. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. You could buy a cheaper one and just mm -hmm. grind it into the earth, mm -hmm. or you could get the nicest Z from that era that you've seen for twenty grand sure. and love it. Yeah. And it would do all those things. I think it'd still hold up That's pretty interesting. well. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just curious about that. I, so. Hey, I drove my 300ZX with my wife up and down PCH. We took a trip once and did that, and it was glorious. It was I mean, glorious. It yeah, was great. I remember hearing about that. I mean, you had a lot of fun in that car, and it yeah, was absolutely it held up. It was reliable. That's, that's a nice wild that's card stuff. there. I see where you went. Yeah, that's out there. Uh, well, anyway, lots of choices here. I, I do like yours as well because it that does seem like the car that fits so many people's needs mm -hmm. in so many different areas of the planet. Well, two two little wild card kind of cars I had on here. I mean, I realize I sniper shotted, but two wild card cars I had on here. You've mentioned some of the others I thought of in my short list, but you could go Mini Cooper. We don't recommend those too much. We don't, but you know what? They have a surprising amount of space for taller guys. Yeah. I actually wouldn't yeah. go current gen, which helps this equation for money. I would go prior gen. Okay. And they they have such a low seating position. They just feel fun. In mean, fifteen, eighteen thousand, you could get something yeah. pretty nice. Yeah. Actually, I mean, you have to watch those. They have mixed reliability. Some people have got horror stories. Actually, many people have got horror stories. But yet, we drove an original gen that was supposed to be like a bomb on wheels and was bomb proof. Yeah. And so you know, fifty thousand miles. Exactly. And... Exactly right. So. So look carefully. You can get a nice manual. I would Again, I would go a generation prior. So that was one wild card. And then the other wild card is you could do a Fiat 500 Abarth. You could possibly do a new one. Oh. Huh. Now, these, of course, these, these didn't 
rise as high for me as the WRX because they aren't all-wheel drive, and I don't think they check every box as well as the WRX. But I have to put them here as wild cards because the Cooper S would be fun, and the 500 of Bart would be fun. And you could throw a dog in both of those, and you could fit. So too tall, I think these are options. <laughs> that makes me think of the smart cars. Starts at like 16 or 17, but then the problem is you're in a smart car. Why would you buy a smart car when you could buy a 500 a Bart? <laughs> exactly. That would be my question for everyone exactly. listening. Smart car or a Bart? I hmm. think the decision is made. Well, let us know, too tall, what you end up doing. Hopefully this is helpful because you're suggesting all kinds of stuff. You even suggested a Volt, a Bolt, the you know all the electric usual suspects. Mm -hmm. All those yeah, are in there yeah, on yeah. choices, which wouldn't be bad as well. But still, from the engaging point of view, if you've got PCH as part of your commute, that's the thing. That's why we're here. I mean, if we're leaning more commute car, then yeah, those cars are, are very tempting. Oh, yes. But if we're yes. talking about I want some driving enjoyment, that's, of course, because it's us. That's where my brain went. Right, right. All right, moving on to the next debate here. We have got Adam S., who is an enthusiast slash addict. Well, aren't they one and the same, Adam? <laughs> yes, we all, we all are that person, for sure. <laughs> He's got the urgent need for a new car because, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast here, Unfortunately, he wrecked his mint condition E46 ZHP six-speed. So that was the really nice package that came on the 330i mm -hmm. from, I believe, 03 to 06, somewhere in there. And it was only available in the six-speed manual, and it boosted horsepower by 10 horsepower. Mm -hmm. It was a rare car. It's, we are sorry for your loss. It's that BMW that they end up making almost every generation that is not quite the M car. Right. It's that right. one, essentially. Yeah, so it was not the M3, but it was still the E46. And, man, it sounds like you were really happy with it because you had the, the Olins on there, the Pilot Supersport Michelins, very well balanced, all that stuff. But since it's wrecked, we're moving on and mm -hmm. trying to find you something that's still going to give you all the fun. But now we've got a twist here. He's looking for something newer because, congratulations, my friend, yep. his first baby is on the way. So congratulations again. That's... Uh, Going to change your life dramatically. <laughs> you know, I would, I would admit Do you want to speak into this? Well, I'm going to admit <laughs> something right here? now. Admit something right now. <laughs> this is going to happen to you. I, I can admit this <laughs> knowing that many of you out there will agree with me and also knowing this is one of those things you're not supposed to say out loud. Uh-oh. I've just – you go through seasons of parenting. You go through seasons when it's, it's actually surprisingly good. You go through seasons where it's not. <laughs> and you just – you wake up some days and – your 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 child starts talking and you just think, you know what? I don't want to be a parent. I just don't. I don't want to be a parent. Where is the eject hangle the eject handle? Where is that, 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 that string you pull on the bus to make the emergency stop happen? Is that not here in life? Where is that? You know, and, and, and then of course you have to have that realization behind you that of course you're an adult and this is this is one of the biggest adult realization moments in life, I feel like, because okay. you have that thought of, you know, I just I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a parent. <laughs> and then you realize, yeah, but I am a parent, so here I am. I got a, I got a man up, be an adult. Here I go. So, you will have those moments, Adam. I, I will tell you that. And uh, as somebody told us once, and I don't know that I fully agree with this, but it's interesting. Somebody told us once that every six months the kid changes. Six months of awesome. Six months of who are you? <laughs> of not awesome. So, so my <laughs> wife and I look at each other every now and then when, when things take a take a rough turn and we go, is this the beginning of a six months? Is this the next six months of our life? <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. But Adam, you will have that ebb and flow, but I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. But we're going to find you a car that's still fun for you. 
replaces that uh, E46, and also could do a little bit of kid duty. Mm-hmm. This is a fun place to be. Yeah, so Adam's got a past here with cars that include a first-generation Nissan Altima that was in high school, then on to a WRX manual wagon, even had a Jetta TDI manual, well, of course, commuting. He had an E90 M3. Car we love. We do. Car we just we love. Do. And then most recently, the um, aforementioned 330i that is no longer. So his budget here is about 40K, $40,000. Which I'm, is great. I'm There's hoping all that, kinds of uh, options, yeah. the insurance company came through and you got something, you know, some money to spend here. And he's also preferring something used, which we recommend highly and maybe off lease to avoid depreciation more than new. So here we go. What do you think? I have three very different choices for Adam. Okay. I have the more, so I'm a dad now, choice. But but he does say, I do have to say, one of the things that is mentioned in here is he would prefer to have the manual rear-wheel drive good balance because he does want to track this car occasionally. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. He would that. prefer very that balance. And that's clearly the thing that's spoken to you in, in this uh, 330 that you lost and probably was something you had in that E90 M3 as well. So he'd like it to be track-capable, have good balance, so that's key. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that I started thinking about that, but then I thought about three cars under that category that get steadily smaller. Okay. All right. But if we're talking about, okay, newer car, you want it to be reliable, you're a dad now, but yet, okay, dynamics, where's my fun, and can I track this? I have to say it. Who's already way ahead of me? Chevy SS. Yeah. Yeah. That's Chevy SS. There. Come on. I mean, I mean large car. Yeah. It's but definitely a, trackable. It, the, the thing is, I do think that's one of the reasons it's only one of three, and I've got three very different cars in my list, because I do think you'll find that larger than your 330. It's about the size of that E90 you had. I was going to say Chevy Suburban. SS, you're right. <laughs> started with an S. You're a dad, but, need space, but family, it's, this is This is the dad sleeper car. It really is. Yeah, it's it is. It's the dad sleeper car. You, you could... You can say, bye, honey, I'm taking my sedan and going to the track today, and you will have a glorious time. Mm-hmm. And you can sit in the carpool lane, and nobody will blink. True, true. I like that. All right, continue. I also thought, okay, if we're chasing the 330 feeling, okay. M235i, used. Love it. At, Love it. at 40 grand, yes, used. Go, just go get one. M235i. It's going to feel very similar in size to that 330. Much newer car, good dynamics, off yeah. you go. Yeah, very true, very true. And then I have to wild card the obvious usual suspect. Okay. For this money, you're talking about balance, usability, all these kind of things. You could get a Cayman. Now, wait, that, wait, 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 that wait. becomes That becomes your car. Now you're talking about your wife has, you know, the more normal SUV that will be the family car. She's so, got the Q5 diesel. So you've walked you've here. walked the line She's here the in your email and not said how how usable you have to have this be. <laughs> and that's the thing that's a mystery actually in this email, Adam, because you you said you you want to upgrade your car because you have a kid on the way, but then you don't talk about how much you're actually going to use it for that, which is why this is wild card territory for me. But I thought. If you're talking about dynamics and fun and an adult car, Cayman works. If you're going to talk about usability for family, it doesn't. But you've been a bit unclear, which is why I've got three cars in three different categories, but I think you should drive them all. Very good. Yeah, they're all different. That's for sure. And uh, Adam's saying here, you know, sedan or wagon. He's hesitating on the Haldex 
probably specifically from Volkswagen here is what I'm thinking. Yeah, it means the Golf R is out, essentially. Yeah, although it's on my list is the problem. <laughs> well, I ignored the fact that he said sedan or wagon and threw in a wild card that was a coupe. You know, just <laughs> All right, a you two-seat coupe. I'm so gonna... you're ignoring the Haldex. We're <laughs> exactly. only kind of helpful in this situation for Adam. <laughs> well, the all-wheel drive thing got me thinking as well because – all right, we're not sure exactly where you live and what kind of weather you need to deal with or not, but you know how we deal with weather. Okay? Yeah, yeah. But I came to the Golf R, yes. Mm-hmm. Get that out of the way. Focus RS, could you get one for under 40? That's a shopping... You know what that is? Could you? You know what that is? That's. I hate to say it this way. I hate to say this. That's buying one from the guy that bought one at sticker or above and six months later goes, this is not the car for me. That's the one you find at less than 40. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, you yeah, nailed yeah. it. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, it's, man, this was either too hardcore or it just wasn't what I was expecting yeah, 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 or yeah. any of that. And not that they're in any way bad cars. If you find the deal, yeah. You've yeah, got yeah. to drive one and make sure this is the car for you, though, Adam, before we... Say yes, focus RS all day long. And if we're gonna go there, I have to say Evo X, forty grand okay. in your pocket. You could you oh. could probably get the brand new twenty fifteen. <laughs> exactly, you could probably get the brand <laughs> exactly. new twenty fifteen if your local Mitsubishi dealer that for some reason is still sitting there in the lot. If we're talking forty grand because and we want to go crazy, seats. dad car, go. It's yeah, the seats that are still in it. But uh, yeah, you could buy the world's nicest Evo ten, huh? The world's newest twenty fifteen. <laughs> That's probably the best suggestion so far. Uh, and then I ended up at the 2 Series as well. Now, if you want the all-wheel drive, the M235i does come with the X-Drive. However, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't believe it's manual transmission friendly mm-hmm. in that configuration. You may be right. You may be right, yeah. I think it's DCT only. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Uh, yeah, 2 Series X-Drive could be something there. But if you really have to have that manual, then I love the 228. How about the new? Yeah, you could go. Yeah, you don't gosh, have to go M two thirty five. Two forty somewhere yeah, in yeah, there. That's true. You could do that. You I could mean, do that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, definitely buy used, used or off. I do have to say that rocking the baby seat, like the full baby seat with the extra padding and the missiles, rocking that baby seat in the back of the Evo. That's that's a baller dad move there. I do like that. <laughs> Not many of those around, that's for sure. But uh, with the baby seat, but you know. If uh, if that's uh, all in, I mean, I was going to say go BAC get, Mono here. You get the Recaro baby seat to match the Recaro front seats in the Evo. Oh, now you've cracked now, it. Now, there it is. Now we really are done. Now you've cracked it. All right, so get the 2015, then put Recaros everywhere. Yeah. Or get the you know get anything <laughs> prior to that that actually had them already. Those are the seats you want. Oh, that's funny. A quick pause to talk about one of our sponsors, Covercraft. If you have a car, you need to know about these guys. They produce car covers, seat covers, dash covers, sunscreens. These are fantastic for keeping your interior cool, keeping the sun out of your interior. You've made me a believer. It really is. And floor mats. They even have canine covers. They've got accessories even for power sports. A lot of stuff. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code DEBATE for free shipping in the U.S. All right, moving on to audience questions here. And again, massive amount of questions. I'm... uh... I'm laughing. Todd and I are laughing reading through these because many, we're sitting here times, doing a little yeah. bit of prep work for the podcast and we're reading through things and thinking, all right, I'm going to answer that. All right, I have to answer this one. <laughs> <laughs> and laughing. Todd was laughing. So read the one that made you laugh out loud. Um, Start there. Okay, sure. I will. That was on uh, Instagram. And it was 
it was so ridiculous I had to laugh because it was like, <laughs> where did this – this almost feels like one of those questions that comes from an all-questions podcast. Yeah, true. It says, Todd, a supervillain has kidnapped your family, which is a bad start. Uh, you can have them back, but you have to buy <laughs> – you have to buy a white – or silver or black car. Actually, I don't <laughs> mind black too much, but let's just go with white or silver. White or silver car, and they're giving you $100,000. What car do you do? <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, in a weird roundabout way, this is is not a terrible situation. I mean, the fact that my family's been kidnapped is awful. That's awful. But they're giving me hundred grand to buy a car? See a family. I'll, <laughs> no, just I'll deal with No, but I'll deal with that. I mean, I get the family yeah. back, and I get a new car at your price? Okay. All right, I'll deal. Uh, no, seriously. Um Okay, hundred thousand dollars. It's I mean, got to be white. It has to be white. one car too. I don't think we can pull our no, usual. No, you're, you're right. No, no, no. It's it's, it's a one, couple of cars in a European it's vacation. One car, and, it's one car in white. You know, yeah. all the cheese at the grocery store. You know, yeah. can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> all the cheese. At the, okay. I don't know. You got money anyway. left over, and you got to burn it somehow. And you live in Wisconsin, where they have billboards <laughs> that just say cheese. That's right. By the way, they do have that. They have billboards in Wisconsin that just they're, they're enormous and they just say cheese. That's right. Your your wife is a Packers fan. That's for anyway. Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, we've just lost a segment of the podcast with that joke. <laughs> anyway, um, no, actually, you know what? Nine nine one. You would. Yeah. Good for you. That car in white. Look, I don't like step white. this way, sir. That car in white or silver. We have a friend of the show that actually was on our drive this weekend, mm-hmm. and he had a, a silver nine nine one. Yep. I would never get that car in silver. I would never get it in white. But you know what? In this scenario where we've got supervillains at hundred thousand dollars check dangling, okay, <laughs> all right, I'll do that. Do that. That'd be that'd be awesome. And then um, quadrifolio. Oh, really? In white. Oh. I would do white over silver on that one. I would, I would do, do white. white over silver. On the I think I'd do silver on the nine eleven. And I think I'd do white on the quadrifolio. Those are my two answers. See, with a quadrifolio, that's eighty grand. You'd have twenty thousand dollars left. To go buy whatever you want. Yeah, but I'm assuming that that money is just they bought the car and we're done. But okay, yeah. because on the other end of the spectrum, the 911 I have to get is like the super duper base version because I add That's like true, <laughs> like you know carpets and it becomes over a hundred thousand dollars. But the Quadrifolio, you're right, I almost have money left over. I think they wrap the catalytic converters in leather. Too. Possibly, yeah. If you if you ask nicely, they'll, they'll whatever. Yeah, <laughs> wrap anything in leather. Do you see Michael's question on Facebook? What are our thoughts on class-based licenses for things like a Hellcat or big vehicles like motorhomes? Oh, yes. I did want to get We've to this. We've touched on this before. The short answer from me, Michael, is absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that was the thing. Even on this with this drive we keep talking about, we took this weekend, we had a friend of ours with us who doesn't ever drive quickly. And I actually put him in the FRS and just said, let's go for a drive. I had him driving. And, you know, he doesn't have a car that he drives like I drive the FRS. I drove right. my car for a bit, then put him in it, had him drive it. He knows how to drive stick, but he's fairly cautious. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to just have him on a back road and just be like, no, 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 you can take that corner a little bit faster. The car's going to stick. So, the, But the point I'm making here, Michael, is I think there absolutely should be license at different levels. And at different levels, you can get into different cars of higher performance. Mm-hmm. Here's, But here's the trick of it that will make it never happen. Then if you get into those higher cars, you have higher allowances on what you're allowed to do. Now, that would now require, let's be honest, special lanes and this kind of thing. But if you've got the right car license mm-hmm. and a car that can mm-hmm. do 150, you can do 150 in appropriate places. I love that. I, I wish that existed. Not everybody would go for that, but, which is nice. But no, absolutely. 
and there would be, be there would be cost hurdles. It, it would be somewhat cost prohibitive and yeah. and talent prohibitive. I mean, you'd have to spend the time and money. We've talked about the fact. We talked about it on our pilgrimage trip. We talk about it with Tom, our European correspondent. It's expensive to get a license in Germany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that expensive to get a license in the U.S. You kind of show up. I mean, you know. I think you go to Sears, don't you? They're just <laughs> it's find it's the right next aisle. to where they do the passport photo. It's right next to that place. Right. Yeah. So, but but here's the thing: there's a lot of training and there's a lot of cost for getting a license in Germany. But then you wind up driving on the autobahn. But then still, you have in Germany. There's plenty of people that don't drive that fast in the autobahn. I mean, oh, yeah. comparatively. They just kind they're, of cruise. They're bombing everywhere at 80 to 100, which I realized us seems insane because how often do you drive 100? But the roads are set up for it. Right. And then you have the guys that are going by at 180 because they're comfortable, but they've done the same driver training. I think graduated driver training would be a fantastic thing if it I'm allowed you. you to do more. I'm with you. This ties into a question from two other folks here on Instagram. Kate Wanton Soup 87 asks, how do we handle this, you know, speed traps and handle distracted driving and address merging etiquette and teaching the slow roll, you know, to prevent the accordion effect in traffic mm-hmm. instead of going and jumping on the gas and then braking hard in slow traffic. And then also down here, Christoph Double M is asking from a little discussion that he had with his wife and her family, and he was asking about should you have to be retested for your license every odd years, you know, every few interesting. Yeah you know, period of time or at particular ages, certain ages. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought you'd be, you know, should be able to drive your age. So, you know, when you turn 92, you're good, right? But uh, yeah, for both of these, addressing is not just basic training in driving. Agreed, agreed, yeah. And, you know, I, I knew growing up there were, you know, men putting their sons in snow and ice driving courses sure, in Colorado. Sure, yeah, yeah after they had their driver's ed because it's an entirely different level of thinking. Mm -hmm. It's driver's Mm -hmm. ed, have some experience, get out there and drive on the road. Mm -hmm. And then as you move up, maybe to this graduated, you know, speed level thing, it's a, you know, driving school that will recheck you to break bad habits and then to address, first of all, wonton soup here, his question about speed traps, distracted driving, all those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Because as we have noted on the show, our driving styles have evolved over time Without question. as drivers yeah. Yeah, yeah. and thinking about ourselves less about steering the car and guiding the car around the earth, and we're driving. We're actively involved. Yeah. Manual yeah. transmissions make you so much more that way. Much more so, yes. I force myself to look over my shoulder when I'm backing up or changing lanes. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get into that habit of not. Yeah, just stare at the screen. Stare at the screen, stare at the screen backing up or yeah. just... Uh, use my mirror i'm kind of guessing and i'm kind of remembering in the last few seconds when i pass that car they're probably out of distance now right yeah maybe not yeah fair so i'm forcing myself to break bad habits and schooling continuing education could drop insurance premiums it could make for better drivers and crush bad habits out of all of us Mm -hmm. colorado Mm -hmm. i just saw legalized texting while driving i cannot wait what say again what a bad idea this is I'm pretty sure that Colorado, the state, legalized texting while driving. So, so wait, 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 wait. I have to go to the obvious joke, assuming this is correct. So you can you can buy weed and you can text while driving. Yay! The only good news there is people that uh, that have had marijuana rarely drive quickly because to them, thirty may as well be ninety. Right. But okay, you you went and bought legalized marijuana and now you're texting behind the wheel. 
In that world, I'm sorry, autonomous pods cannot come fast enough. Here it is. The state has made it legal to text while behind the wheel unless it's done in a careless or imprudent manner. Doesn't that define the that is, definition that of texting while driving? That is exactly what happens when you text while driving. Right. There is no variation other than this is a dangerous thing. It says, while well, the new law does give a reprieve to those who use their phones in a safe, air quotes, manner, stopped at a red light, stopped in traffic, it increases the penalties for those who run afoul of this carelessness provision in the law. But, but hang on. Hang on. I mean, we have, we have a, a good friend here of the show that is actually a local sheriff. He'd have to chime in on this. But, but I would be really shocked, really genuinely shocked, if a policeman would pull you over for having seen you text at a stoplight. Of course not. What, what, yes. What's the point there? There's an, that's but, a waste of time. But I, I'm sorry. Any, any law that suggests it's now, quote, unquote, legal as long as you do it safe, that's a Pandora's box. It really is. Couldn't agree more. So, yes, um, it's, uh, there's still some provisions in there. It's not across the board. Anyway, moving on, <laughs> back just, to the issue I'm at hand here. is education, continuing education, and, yeah, ride checks. And it's almost like having a pro driver check you out at the mm -hmm. wheel mm -hmm. when you're on track to make sure you know the course and yeah. to make sure you yeah. know what you're doing and you understand braking distances, throttle application, all those kinds of things before turning you loose on a track day. Yeah. How about some kind of graduated level of driving instruction? And, yes, I don't think it should be age-related, age to be honest. Age ain't nothing but a number. No, it's not age. It's not age. It's capability. Because if yeah. you get some kid, I mean, let's, let's go with the, the Lewis Hamiltons of the world. If you get some kid that's been carding, carding since he was eight, right. and he shows up at 16, and they're a hot shoe, that person should be allowed to have a different license than the kid that's 16 that started driving two months ago in their parents' pickup truck. Mm -hmm. That's a very yeah. different reality. Yeah. You know, but it should be across the board because it also creates the scenario where, especially if we graduate, I mean, we're living in a completely invented imaginary world here, but it creates <laughs> a scenario where you have everybody. I mean, look, there's, there's the terrible thing that happens as people get really old and they're the senior citizens and retired and some of them become terrible drivers, but not all of them. Right. And then you've got right. people who are 35, 40 that are already terrible drivers. <laughs> so if you were checked, let's Age say, I, I think it would be interesting here. if it were like every five years. Mm -hmm. And if it were less about for your right to drive than for what level of driving. Because we've joked before, when Hellcats are $30,000 used, lock your doors. Because terrible, <laughs> terrible yeah. things are bound to occur. But if you had yeah. to have some sort of level of license to drive 700 horsepower worth of that's going to hurt everybody, that would be helpful. I was actually behind a Challenger earlier today. Okay, you are? I'm in the FRS. I'm behind an SRT8 Challenger. And he was thundering down the road and then did some hysterically careful stepping around a roundabout. <laughs> I was, I was, he was, he was, he was a blur lost to me. And when I got to the roundabout, suddenly I'm in his tailpipes. He was tiptoeing. And there was this really careful and, and, and like lots of body roll. Like I'm going this way. I'm going that way. But like it only goes left. The roundabout only goes to the left. And then you That's decide awesome. where you want to get out. What are you jerking the wheel for? And then of course, as soon as you get out, gunned it and was gone again. And I just thought that, that doesn't give me confidence, you know? <laughs> Cajun Michael wrote in about the Chevy SS, which I actually just recommended tonight, and I have an answer on this. He said, the most common criticism of the Chevy SS is its vanilla looks. So if we mm. could, what would we fix? 
sticking the triple badges like you get at Pep Boys, the fake air inlet vents. You know it. Yeah, if we just panel? put the Oldsmobile style fake vents on the side, it'd be, it'd be Isn't fixed. Isn't that the easy solve? <laughs> That's so terrible. That's so terrible. Yeah. You know what I actually thought of? We saw one this weekend. We saw an E30 M3. Yeah. And that gave me my idea here. Okay. What that car needs more than anything is some genuinely punched out fenders. Yeah. Yeah. Once you Even get more aggressive. Think of, think of the Evo. Think of the E30 M3. These cars that they are sedans, but they've almost got rally style fenders. Yeah. There's their Group B rally look to them. It's not. It's not ridiculous, but that car desperately needs that. Not just a little buckle that it has right now, like actual <laughs> fenders. Not just a little bee sting swell. Exactly. If yeah. that had genuine fenders, because some people have said it should it should be badged like a Holden. The Holden badging doesn't help you. I mean, it's fine because now people are like, which car is that? Yeah, and that's a talking point, heads. I guess. But it's like <laughs> vents in the hood and and Holden badging, and that's not doing it. If it actually had, I, I think about even the the E ninety M three, for example. Yeah, right. That that M three just had very subtle kind of swelled fenders. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Differentiating it than uh, a little, just a tiny bit, just a tiny bit. But I think I think a genuinely noticeable, almost rally fenders on that SS would do so much for the look of that car to just differentiate it as this is not a random sedan. Just that alone. I mean, you could talk about wings and and scoops and that kind of stuff, but I don't know that that car lends itself to that because of what it is. But mm-hmm. fenders on it, that would be cool. Hmm. Well, I like that. All right. Well, I've got uh, Joseph Triplet here, Joseph T on Facebook. Asking about uh, kind of showing off at the stoplight. He's he's asking me, how often do I find that people try to get me to race them, you know, tailgating me, revving their engines while I'm driving the Porsche, and how do I handle that? Well, he also goes on to say, admittedly, we all have the urge and uh, all do stupid stuff, and I admit I'm probably at the top of the heap for (laughs) wanting to do stupid stuff, and I have done a lot of not the brightest moves kinds of things. I also admit to hiding behind the license plate of press cars when we're in hot Mustangs and Camaros and Alpha Julia quadrifolios <laughs> and, you know, really um, <clears throat> having some fun. Uh, but uh, when it's the Porsche, I'm in an area where people are going to start to know that it's me in this car. Sure, it's sure. It's pretty beautiful color I very think. specific blue and a yeah. very specific car you're right specific wheels to it i've got a custom license plate on it and i think you know if i do anything people are gonna know the proliferation of dash cams is out there and mm, fair point i just i don't really want to do anything that is uh i mean even though i admit to going fast in a lot of cases and going around people like moving chicanes I, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh look you're a code on four wheels that's interesting <laughs> it is true but uh yeah. well, but i don't think you get a lot of people at least where we are i don't think you get a lot of people that are challenging you at the light i mean i know you drive Not fast but what i find interesting about your car is that paul has one of those cars that is just punched into that area where random people will stop in the parking lot and take pictures in front of it this does not happen to the orange teenager's car, ladies and gentlemen, but we've been in restaurants before, and I've nudged Paul and been like, hey, look out front, and his car's sitting there, and you've got you know, the young teenagers with their cell phones taking selfies with the car. That always makes me laugh. That cool. happens, and that's fun. That's genuinely fun. I admit to like That always that. happens, but uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm careful, let's say. Joseph, I'm just... I'm increasingly careful, although I'm, you know, the stupid category is press cars, even though, you know, when we're on shoots, we're 
We're out there to have some fun and drive hard. And, and we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that's, that's true. A key that's thing. a big part that's of That's a very key thing. If it's, you know, you got to be really smart about things because there's so many bad choices you can make when you're in traffic and just trying to do dumb stuff. You know, when we're out there and we can see good sight lines and we know we're pretty clear, yeah, then yeah. okay, you yeah. know. But uh, but otherwise, definitely I've got to back it off. Uh, Dean asked a terrible question Uh-oh. on Facebook. Uh-oh. Uh, out of all the Prius designs, oh, yeah. <laughs> which one is the least ugly? <laughs> he said we cannot pick none of the above. I actually am going to say third gen. Like the, the latest? One just prior to the current. No, the current's horrific. Okay. Just prior to the See, current. I will admit to not following generations of the Prius. If there's there, information to know about the Prius, I am not your guy. There have been four. The first one is a classic example of we made it a car shape around the technology. It's just car shape. It's not – there's nothing yes. stylistic about it whatsoever. The second gen works as being a coherent design that they clearly weren't even thinking about the second time. The third, they tried to give it a little bit of personality. It's got the little – the headlights with the notch in the corner. Yes. You know, and, and, and tail lights that start to have some personality but aren't the weird ones that are on the current thing. Look, I, I'm, I'm slicing the onion very thin, as you like to say. <laughs> I'm going to go with the third gen if you want to have the – this is a fun sentence – least ugly Prius possible. Um, but this is a very low bar. <laughs> Of all the ugly girls, you're the best. I that is, that's a category that we're in, <laughs> but it's terrible. It's terrible because the current one. I, I you would think I would be kind of used to it now, and you yet think every time I see yeah. the current gen Prius, it turns my head in horror. <laughs> I just watch it go by, and I'm just like, "There's not an angle that works on that car." Have you seen the Toyota Mirai? The hydrogen-powered I have. I have. Thing. Yes, yes. What is that thing on the road? Yes, but that <sighs> it is, is at least a car that is trying to be weird and different in its styling because of what it is, and they're very, very rare. So that's almost like you've spotted something interesting just because of what it is, and it's rare. The Prius— And then you want to claw your eyes as, out. Well, as, you, as you said, you know, what Chance said to you at the auto show, welcome to what you're going to be staring at in traffic for the next <laughs> yeah. 10 years. It's stuck by that thing. But it's just every time I see the Prius, I can't believe that that left the showroom with somebody wiping their hands <laughs> behind, behind them with a smile on their face like, yeah, there we go. There we go. Did that well? That no, <laughs> that exited the design studio, headed to general public consciousness. I'm going with the first gen, the very first Prius, because it's so boring and unoffensive. And oh, it is the definition of vanilla car style. I, I don't want to. It doesn't turn my head, and therefore I don't see it as much. I guess. Yeah. Congratulations. Looks, there's just, a car. It's a little tiny, compact-looking thing. It actually had a trunk on it, a real mm-hmm. kind of car yeah. shape. Yeah. And it's the least offensive i i want to hurt myself the least when i'm looking at that one i want to hurt myself the least today on the podcast anyway no 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 adam asks you about uh channeling your inner peter jackson on the julie m3 video and <laughs> i just want you to know that todd really really bent over backwards for the for the latest video which will be making its way to youtube yeah, in a few very weeks, soon. that'll be out. Yeah, people have, have written in, thank you. Many of you have written in very nice things to say about that Alpha M3 piece. Thank you. We worked hard on it. Uh, I'm very proud of it. It turned out really well, and many of you are responding in, in that way, and I really, really appreciate it. I don't know that it that it reaches uh, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings levels, but we do have <laughs> some pretty epic shots in it, some nice drone work, 
uh, from from us and also from Edgar as well. Edgar got some really nice drone shots in there too. Uh, Edgar and Chance uh, actually, no, that was just Edgar. It was you, me, and Edgar on that one. Yeah, right. Right. So we were out in in California shooting on that, and it was great. And then Chance helped us on a lot of the others. Uh, some great shooting all season, but the the uh, Alpha M3 piece is fun. The the struggle is always honestly the struggle is always music, mm-hmm. because the thing about music is you'll. I have this with clients that have nothing to do with everyday driver. Just when I've edited for clients, yeah. a lot of the time I'll just say to them, what piece of music would you like? Because I can pick stuff all day long, but music is such a personal thing that you can play a song that works with the edit for 10 people, and I guarantee you four of them will go, I don't like that track. Mm, sure. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. It could, be, it could be honestly the perfect track that you should go with, and four out of ten will still not like it. So that's actually the biggest struggle. I try really hard on the TV stuff, and I'm down in the weeds now, but I try really hard on the TV stuff to go light on music on at least two of the four acts of the TV show because I want, I want people to hear the car. I want to hear the car. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. it's TV, there is this kind of expectation. I've cut TV. I've seen this. There's, there's reality shows have got something going on musically in the background at all times. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, unless they're trying to really play something up because it doesn't have music, but generally there's just there's like audio noise going on in the background, and I try so hard to not do that. I want to put music into music is here. I'm I'm way I'm just off on a tangent now. Music is the emotional through line of a film. Music subconsciously, if you watch a feature film, mm-hmm. is telling you the emotion you're supposed to have, and generally does a pretty good job. But, of course, we're doing it in reverse. We're finding music that already exists, that I'm trying to find stuff that already works for what we've cut versus a traditional feature film. You're hiring a composer, and he's going, oh, that's what you need. Let me let me make that for you real quick. Right, sure. So, anyway, the music's the struggle, but I'm thrilled that you liked it. Thanks for the Peter Jackson compliment. I will take that and sit here and smile for a bit. Well, speaking of music, there's a comment here on Facebook from Luigi. He is asking me, from a designer and a musician standpoint, mm-hmm. He said, do you find myself, do I find myself evaluating designs musically, air quotes, and he's mentioning surface transitions that I talk about a lot, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and thanks for noticing, and those resolving around the car, Mm -hmm. and then he's thinking here, relating that to music by when he's thinking of a dominant seventh chord, and then finally resolving itself back. Hmm. I didn't take the time to find good examples of songs that have... You know, dominant sevenths, as you're talking about, or fifths or sixths that are strange. But I will say, Billy Joel actually delved into classical for a little while in his career that used a lot of these techniques Hmm. and then resolved. You know him from the 70s as the piano man. 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. I mean, I love actually playing his stuff. It's really, really fun to play. But he just kind of veered off into some random, no lyrics, but a lot of classical music, as a matter of fact. And it was a little bit dark for the guy that we know as sure. sort of the yeah. bubbly, enthusiastic, cheerful yeah. Billy Joel. And he he wrote some things that I have actually been thinking about pursuing and playing. And then interesting, you know, having the conversation. Who do you think that was? Oh yeah, sure. Play and it people, and then ask. Yeah. I don't know a composer from I don't know, you whatever, sixteen hundreds yeah. or something like that. I mean, it really does sound like that. But that's yes, interesting. You know, in terms of resolution, it's it's definitely important for music to resolve itself Mm -hmm. i mean we like it when epic soundtracks resolve themselves at the end of the film i mean it's it's classic songwriting structure sure a a b a and (laughs) and same with surface transitions on cars 
I mean, it's okay to have something that's unique and interesting, but it can be jarring, like the headlights on Nissan's corporate look. They have a notch in them for no other reason than to be unique and different and sure. stand out in the marketplace. Sure, yeah. That, for me, gets too fussy. Same thing with music. It'll leave you mm. on edge Interesting. and uneasy. And you're looking for that in soundtracks mm. because you want something mm. to resolve at certain points when you get to a shot. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you've got mm, some background stuff, it can meander off into sure, sure. You know, some, some different progressions. But you want it to come back, bring it around. We're bringing the comments home. Absolutely. I, I didn't expect you to go that deep with that. That's excellent. I like that a lot. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I wasn't expecting to do that, to be honest. But yeah, I, I come from classical piano. I started at age five and, and stopped at 18 and then did a lot of college jazz bands. I was actually in a band in high school that I will never release any tapes from. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I looked like I was in a band. Forget, no, that's a different thing. But I, I really enjoy playing. I love Diana Craw. I love Billy Joel. I love the stuff that when I listen to it, I know I could go tackle that and play. And, mm, interesting. And it's a sure. fun song to play because sure, everybody sure. says, oh, you own a piano, play something. Well, what? You know, it depends oh, sure. on the time yeah. of day. Are we, yeah. You know what I mean? Interesting, interesting. Anyway, I think I all have those things. It's interesting. I have absolutely zero musical talent. However... I have kind of an absurd uh, metronome in my head. I have excellent, excellent rhythm, and that helps me editing. Yes, and you have photographic memory, too. Well, that, that exists as well. But it's funny because I've, I've actually been in situations where I actually had a client recently who was cutting a piece entirely to a jazz song. Well, as we know, jazz songs, they're the king of meandering. Oh, sure. But they oh, have yeah. a cadence. They still have a cadence. You Absolutely. get a good jazz drummer, and he's, he's an operating with a, with a specific cadence. And if they're good and really good, everybody else can run around, and that jazz drummer keeps them. We are way off in the weeds. But <laughs> but I actually took this jazz song he had that was like seven minutes long, Okay. and I cut him a two-minute version. And he looked awesome. at me like, how did you do that? And I was like... I, look, I'm not musical, buddy, but I'm following the drum cadence. I'm building it out based on right. the cadence that is being built. And here, this is going to surge again. And I can tell that that's coming because I've got a metronome in my skull. But don't make me play anything. It's going to go terribly. <laughs> I mean, you could, you know, people who don't like jazz accuse of being five musicians in an elevator, each playing a different song. That could be, you know, somehow you like jazz. But uh, otherwise, the classics. I mean, I'm I'm all about it. I love it, of course. It depends on my mood. People ask us about driving songs, too. This is like the music podcast all it of is. a sudden. I, we, we got a whole like 15 minutes on music from Everyday Driver. That's pretty crazy. All right. Anything else before we wrap up? What other questions stuck out to you? Uh, let's see. Ryan did have one I wanted to touch on very briefly. Ryan wrote in on Facebook, and he said he and his wife are considering a Panamera. Cool. Very cool. Use Panamera. Choice. What's the etiquette on bringing your own parts to a mechanic? He's feeling like that's kind of a no-no. But I'm going to say this to and you, Ryan. And a six-pack or a buffalo wine. Well, but the first thing I'm going to say to you, Ryan, is this. Go find yourself an independent Porsche mechanic. Yeah. That's the beginning. Yep. So at that point, have a conversation with your mechanic. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I actually I actually did this with our Cayenne. I, I, when I did the brakes, actually, I should be more fair. He's a fantastic independent mechanic for the Cayenne. But I just thought, you know what, I'm going to tackle my own brakes because I know mm -hmm. how to do brakes. I'll just do brakes. And I bought the rotors and the pads, and I did all that myself. And... Then I realized there is a bolt. I'm going to get this a little bit wrong, but there is a bolt under the Cayenne and taking off the caliper that requires like 200 pound-feet of force to crack it. Oh, my gosh. On the caliper? Uh-huh. Holy moly. I mean, I know, how, I know how to do brakes. I understand it. Yeah. But there was no angle where I could apply that much force. 
And so I was stymied. I couldn't do it. So I put the wheels back on the car. My wife was like, what are you doing? I said, I, I, I physically don't have a way to crack that bolt because I've got it jacked up, you know, eight inches in my garage and trying to figure out from behind the Golly. caliper 200. Not possible. Wow. So I took all those parts, Ryan, to my independent guy and just said, I was going to do it. Here's all the parts. I need you to do the brakes. He laughed at me because he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I have to get, I have to get these things in the air. So I'm under it. What? And I have to get my big torque wrench from underneath so that I've got access. I don't have a lift. That was never going to happen. But he was like, yeah, I'm not surprised that that's not going to But he, you know, he said to me straight up, he said, look, I would have I gotten you different parts, but whatever. Huh. So my thinking to you, Ryan, is if you go to an independent guy and you use him consistently, you form that relationship, bring in the parts you want. He might fight you on, I think you should be this part versus this part. That is what it is, you know. He might tell you, look, you may be back sooner because you didn't get the pads I recommend. That may happen. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to save money that way, I say it's much more about finding that independent guy than it is about should I take him parts. Yeah, agreed. And the concern is the markup that he might charge. and He might. He might. You know, they, but a lot they of have those... a right to do that, or, or they certainly can. I mean, certainly. it's not a right, but they, yeah. they certainly do, and they can. But, you know, that mechanic is going to want to know that he's got your repeat business. Mm -hmm. If that's the case and you go to him a few times – and prove to him that you're a loyal customer, that he's checked you out, you've checked him out, you kind of like each other, you're getting good service, and then maybe it's worth approaching at that point. Sure, you sure, know, fair. Maybe it's, hey, you know, I'd love to continue to bring my business to you. Is there any way, you know, got any recommendations we can really start to save money? You know, not cut corners necessarily, but just can we bring some stuff, yeah. prices, some, some things down. Interesting, yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Pilgrimage is coming at you, and that is our annual European adventure. You are cordially invited to come join us for in sure. Germany and Belgium at two famous tracks. We've still got a few spaces left, but you know the coolest twist that's happened on this year's trip? Hmm. I didn't think about this when we took it last year. But, of course, you know, we said to all the guys that went with us last year, hey, if you want to come back, let us know. I feel like the nicest compliment we've gotten Mm -hmm. about last year's trip, which was our first one, is that one of the guys from last year is coming again, and another one was writing us today and saying he'd like to, which is great. That that tells me... I hey, think it's awesome. Nothing th That tells me more than anything that we kind of did it right because <laughs> yeah. you want to come back. You know, that's cool. So... But but if that's you want to come thing. for the first time or you want to come back, there are still spaces left. I will tell you, uh, after the week of July 4th, the price goes up a bit for us, so it goes up a bit for you. So now's the time to get in on kind of our early bird thing. And here's the crazy thing. This is first week of September this trip's happening. Right. That's going to come up quick. Yeah. That makes it kind of two months out. Unbelievable. Which is kind of shocking Screaming to think about, but here already. it comes. So oh we'd love to have you with us, and that will be a crazy fun trip, a full track day at the ring and a full track day at Spa, nice hotels, all your meals covered. If you get to Frankfurt, we have you. We've got you covered all the way, so come. <laughs> exactly. Everydaydriver.com slash adventures. Go check it out and let us know. We'd love to have you. In the meantime, looking forward to the next time. Thank you guys so much for all your questions, for listening and following along. Cheers.